Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here with a great uh, guest today, Vern Tomke. He's a former senior pastor, just former as of about a month ago. Hey, Vern, um, in, out in Chilliwack, B.C., yeah, and two we- actually two weeks. It's been kind of crazy these days. <laughs> two weeks of your new life of freedom. Amazing. <laughs> you got a smile on your face. It looks like you're loving it. And uh, Vern is awesome. I've I've had him speak to our group in in uh, in the Pure Freedom Journey with Restored Ministries, and we've shared a little bit on his podcast. And he's got a great heart for guys, and he's got a great story. Um, a pastor who who had porn in his life in the ministry and then was able to get free and then move into now that he's not a senior pastor. He's got, he's full time and helping guys and helping pastors get free from pornography. And so his ministry is bandofbrothers.care. He's, he's got a pastors on porn podcast specifically for pastors who struggle with porn, want to get free. He's got groups that he leads and then he's got a finding traction podcast just for the everyday individual who wants to break free from porn, not just for pastors. And so he's got a great ministry. He's got a course that people take. And so I love Vern's heart and, and, and his wisdom too. And it's fantastic. Before we get into Vern's story though, we want to remind you guys of the Porneo webinar series. We just had our first webinar of 10 weeks in a row last week. You can always catch the replays of webinars that have already happened, but the future webinars you can always catch live. You can jump on, you can go to restoredministries.ca. There's 10 weeks of webinars. There's something for everybody. Last week was just on why is sex only for marriage? Fantastic stuff on the, the economic benefits, the scientific benefits, the relational, emotional, spiritual benefits of saving sex for marriage. Next week is on healing the heart 
you know, guys, all of us have issues in the heart and we want to have the Lord come in and fill the issues of the heart where we feel rejected, where we feel down, whatever's missing in the heart. We want that to be healed. And we have a great guest, Chris Frost, coming on. And he's going to share on Saturday that coming up on October 10th. And so if you're hearing this on October 10th and still in the future, make sure you go to restoredministries.ca, sign up. There's future podcasts for wives, for accountability, to deal with fantasies, just get healthy in your sex life, in your marriage, have a good marriage. So, so there's a webinar for everybody. Make sure you check it out. Vern Tomke, we're excited to have you here. Do you want to just open a little bit by sharing about your story, how you, how you got into porn, how it kind of became a struggle in your life? Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be on the show, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's hard to give, take your whole story and boil it down, but I'm going to try to do it in five to seven minutes. So you can uh, get the gory details um, on, the, on my other podcast. But uh, let me just say this. I'm a Canadian kid, a farm boy, grew up in the Kootenays. And uh, I was kind of a part of a big family. I was the fifth of seven kids. And I was kind of sandwiched between two kids. My older brother had some emotional difficulties. My younger sister was born crippled with club feet. So I was kind of the forgotten kid. And uh, the kid that kind of just stayed out of everyone's head, you know, just do your chores and, and don't cause any problems. And so I really was kind of the forgotten child, the lonely child. And so when I discovered porn through my neighborhood buddies, you know, your good neighborhood buddies that, that play that role in your life, introduced to their stash of porn, it was like, dude, I thought I died and gone to heaven. It was just this extraterrestrial experience that, I don't know, it was crazy. It really was. And uh, it started this craving. You know, I knew that uh, I had to hide it, but it started this journey where porn became my secret hideaway place, the place where I went to escape, the place where I went to find solace, the place where I went to find excitement. You know, I was a hockey kid. I played hockey. I was a pretty social kid but I had that secret part of me that nobody knew about. And uh, it began to progress. I used to break into my neighbor's place and look at his stash. And so it started to progress in my life. And I never saw a problem with it until I had a kind of an awakening in grade 11. I think Neil Josephson, who you guys work, work with, he was one of the camp counselors. And I had this, this um, spiritual awakening in grade 11. And uh, the funny thing is, it just then, I knew it was wrong. I couldn't stop doing it. So then I started this, you know, buying, you know, using it and then throwing it away. So the binge and purge cycle that carried me right up through high school and then into college, Bible school, went into university with the same idea. You know, I knew it was wrong, but I couldn't get free. I had guys, well-meaning people tell me, you know, just memorize these verses or you got to make better choices or you will become more mature and more godly and this stuff will fall away. But it never did. So like most of us guys, I'm going, okay, I know the answer. It's marriage. So I'm going to get married. I'm going to have sex all the time. You know, hardly ever leave the bedroom and I'll be good then. Met this great gal at university and navigators. We were both, you know, involved in ministry and I figured, hey, I'm good to go. And so, you know, as it is a year or two into it, young kids, and all of a sudden you find these old patterns creeping back into your life. So it was like, I realized, you know, I have two calls in my life. I always felt God had called me to bear fruit through my life out of John 15, 16. But porn also had a calling on me. It had a calling and a claim on my life that I couldn't seem to shake free of. It wasn't long. I was by this time a high school teacher up in Salmon Arm. You know, I really felt that I needed to say yes to this call of God on my life. And so I left teaching high school and I got involved and began to prepare 
for going into ministry, you know, kind of secretly hoping when you're serving God, I mean, that really should be the the silver bullet that would cause all of these other things to fall away. So I was uh, on staff for, for five years as an associate pastor. And then then I did something really crazy. I went and we moved to Chilliwack to plant a church in 95. And uh, at that time I was about 30. And then we had a young family, we were homeschooling. And so I started this whole church planting shtick, you know, where I was teaching, subbing high school and, and I was doing okay, but then I struggled with porn and then I was doing okay and struggling with porn. And it all kind of came crashing down about seven years into my ministry. I liken it to uh, The Perfect Storm, that movie way back 10, 15 years ago with George Clooney, where three storm systems converged on, on this little boat off the Atlantic. The first one was just burnout. I had been pastoring full-time, preaching full-time, teaching full-time all at the same time. And five, six, seven years in, I hit a wall. Second thing that hit me was I was midlife. I was right around the age of 40. And I realized at 40, my dad had left my mom. I was a product of divorce. That was another thing that was a part of my growing up that I didn't realize it had affected me. I'm really excited to hear you have guys coming on your show to talk about the healing around some of those earlier issues in your life. That's huge. But it was also that time where my dad left my mom and I found myself going through midlife. I look back at my life as a failure. I was discouraged. I was depressed. I was always an upbeat guy. But for the first time, I could not shake free of, of just this dark cloud. So that was a second storm. The third storm was being alone in an office. And this was now the advent, 2005, for of high-speed internet. And uh, I'm working alone in my office, and uh, I've got high-speed internet. And you can probably fill the details in. No more of this um, dial-up. I'm now able to access using peer-to-peer -peer networks, you know, high-speed, hardcore porn, and I'm downloading movie after movie after movie. And I'm I'm just going, what am I doing? I am, I am crashing out of this whole thing. You know, this is horrible. And I just hit a wall. I'm going, I got to leave the ministry. I, I'm done. And it was like, I have an amazing wife and she was, well, that's an option. But with God's grace and with her support, and then a couple of guys, there's a program called Living Waters that I started to get some help from. I started to really sense that that God wanted me to walk through this journey in a way that could help other men. And part of my brokenness would also be a window of hope for other men. So I actually, with with God's grace and, and the support of other people, actually began to journey through the steps of healing. And uh, in a one step forward, two steps back process. And it took me six, sorry, six, seven years before I really saw the last parts of some of this addictive stuff begin to fall away. And so my journey has been as a broken minister, walking into freedom, one painful step at a time and uh, dealing with the myths in his life and uh, realizing marriage is not going to make it go away. Ministry is not going to make it go away. And guys, I know this is depressing. Even getting older is not going to make it go away. I deal with a lot of guys right now in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who are struggling with porn like never before. And now some of you young guys go, that's the most depressing thing I ever heard. But I 
I have learned through some traction that I found over the last few years that, you know, true freedom is possible, but it takes some real concerted effort and grace from other people. And uh, I, as a pastor, was able to walk through that. And uh, I'm in a very unique situation right now. I'm still, uh, I'm no longer lead pastor, but I'm uh, I'm going to step sideways. I'm still going to be a speaking pastor. I'm still going to be on staff, but I'm now working more full-time with men. But I, I have a real heart for all guys who are struggling and experiencing, you know, their life imploding, but especially for people in ministry who feel like there's nowhere or place for them to turn. And that's kind of where I'm, you know, my biggest passion is out of my own story. Right. Really appreciate hearing your heart, Vernon. You have the, I guess I would call it the opportunity to speak from two different worlds in the sense that you've been a minister, you've been a pastor, helping others and serving in that capacity. But then you've also had the the chance to see what it's like to have the pressure and the struggle and the the difficulty dealing with an addiction behind closed doors. So mm-hmm. for for seeing both angles there, you've been able to kind of capture this this nuanced kind of idea and understanding of what it's like to struggle and what it's like to help. And based on that. You know, people are listening to to this right now. Um, guys are listening to this and women are listening to this. But specifically, what's the steps that they would kind of need to begin to get on this journey of healing? I mean, you've been through it, but what would you encourage them with? What would that look like for them just so they have maybe a next step or a next for them? Well, the very first step is to find a safe place to begin to share their story and begin to share their struggle could be a counselor. It could be one or two safe people that may not be in their line of authority. It may not be somebody that has uh, the ability to bring about, you know, punishment or a punitive place in their life, but somebody that they feel like they can begin to perhaps for the very first time to say, you know what, I'm really not doing well right now. There's lots of reasons why pastors find themselves in this place. But it's so common in terms of that. But that would just be the very opening place. Obviously, you want to find people who can help. And there's some great resources we can talk about later. But uh, the very first step, telling someone, where do I turn and who do I turn to? If you keep it to yourself, that's the biggest myth of all. You know what? I think I can, me and God, of course, it's never just me. It's because good pastors, we use God, talk a lot. Me and God, I think can, you know, that was so the last time. I'm not going to do that again. Oh, man, that was a scare. That's just the scare I needed to stop doing it. All of that stuff doesn't work, right? Right. That's the myth of yourself, and you're never going to break free on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And so you you touched a little bit on the struggle that pastors have. So what are some unique struggles that pastors experience with pornography? And and I guess you can even speak to why pastors struggle uh, as they do and why ministry isn't the thing that will fix it. Well, I know we do because, I mean, here's the latest stat. 57% of pastors confess a struggle with porn. 64% of youth pastors confess a struggle. Now, that means, first of all, that us lead pastors are 7% better than youth pastors. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, uh, let, me, let me just say this. This is the craziest thing. But let's start by bringing pastors up to the common waterline of humanity. We're at least as sexual as other people. 
we've all had maybe girlfriends. We've all had exposure to porn. Maybe we've had uh, experience of childhood sexual abuse. Maybe we've had rejection, you know, in, in the dating scene. We've all had sexual stories and experiences. We bring that into our ministry just like everybody else does. So why is it that that wouldn't impact our story like anybody else? So let's just start by saying, you know, only bad things happen when we expect our leaders to be asexual. <laughs> you know, right. only bad things happen. And we can see that in, in the world around us, right? It yeah. will come out in one way or the other. So I just say a couple of things. Number one, uh, this is just my own take on it. I think, I think pastors tend to be the kind of people, they have a real sensitivity to God's heart and a real desire to experience God's affirmation and approval. But at the same time, they also have a real desire. I, just my common experience of, of, of meeting and knowing thousands of pastors, they have a desire and a susceptibility to, to need other people's affirmation and approval. And if there ever was a job that seems to be almost impossible to walk in that on a daily basis. It's being a pastor these days. Everybody ex comes at you with a report card, comes at you with, with a bit of a, you know, this is pretty good, but the church, you know, down the road is offering this. So as a result, I think it's very uh, hard to live in that sense of when, when and, and when you get people's act of disapproval, it sets you up for susceptibilities to look for that approval in that porn star or in that girl who sits in the second row that you want to look at when you're preaching kind of thing. And I don't know who the girl in the second row is in our church, but you know, she better move. But, uh, you heard about that from another pastor. That's right. So that's the first, the second one is just relational realities. Um, I mean, I have a lot of people, but it's really weird as a pastor because, because people want to be your friend, but at the same time, Friendship is always feels conditional. I can't tell you guys how many friends I've had who've left the church, who our friendship has ended over. Somehow I failed to meet their expectation of what a, I thought we were friends, but then I realized I was their pastor and they were, they were, they were disappointed in me. So what's the result? I want to isolate myself. Yeah, I want right. to protect myself from future hurt. That's another one. Here's a third one. The cultural realities of church. So many people are looking, I, I don't know, this might sound like a broad brush, but I'm going to back it up with a stat in a minute. So many people, I think, are looking for shiny, successful churches. You know, the, the, the big buzzword in one of the phrases that you get in churches is no perfect people, no perfect people allowed, except we want our pastors and leaders to exemplify that. You know, what What woman sitting in the third row with her husband beside her wants to know that the pastor she's listening to is struggling with porn because she desperately hopes her husband's not struggling with porn. So she doesn't want to have him look up to a guy who's also struggling because she wants, partly, she wants the church experience to lift her up and out of the real world, to be inspired. And so what happens, pastors get this unwritten message. You know what? If you're struggling, keep it to yourself. Don't bring your brokenness into the scenario. Now, I said I was going to back it up, so here's the stat to back it up. 8% of pastors believe that if they were struggling with porn, that automatically means that they should quit or be fired 
they do have a bit of a redemptive understanding as to, you know what, I'm struggling, but I can get help. I can do, you know, this is one part of my journey. In the church, over four out of 10, 41% of people who go to church think that their pastor should automatically be fired or should quit the ministry if he struggles with porn. Now, let me ask you, how many boards would want the one four out of 10 of their people automatically leaving by their pastor sharing his struggle? Yeah, yeah. So it's not I, a recipe for success, that's for sure. It's not. It's the cultural thing. And, you know, that's not even getting into the job-related realities of, you know, pastors have lots of time on their hands. They they can come and go. They uh, Sure, they're, they're in one sense, they might be available for ministry at most every time, but they work a lot on computers. That's a problem. They come and go. They're not locked into a nine to five job, you know, sit, you know, those kind of things. So they actually have a lot of job freedom. And that also becomes a problem. And and that's not even getting into depending how you feel about spiritual warfare and the fact, you know, what is it, strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep kind of thing. So th- those are just a few things, Matt, that I would say it's a big deal. And yeah, it, it, those are some areas where I say there are unique susceptibilities and pastors need safe places to find a harbor for the struggles they're going through. You know, one of the things that we've always talked about too is there seems to be such a misunderstanding about what porn does to a person, right? They don't understand the physiological, the addictive component of it, the, the way that it really entraps you. Now, for guys that are pastors in ministry, what, what are some things that they can do to change the culture, the, the way that we talk about these things, uh, and the perception of talking about porn, talking about things like masturbation, talking about all the different aspects of that? What do we do in ministry so that that can change? And then not only that, second part to this, if you are in ministry and you are struggling, where do you turn? What do you do in your own life? Because I know you don't want to be exposed. There's not a lot of comfort there. It's It can be embarrassing at times, right? So kind of those two parts. So how do we change the culture? And then if you are struggling in your ministry, what do you do about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think vomiting on everybody every week is is the answer, right? <laughs> right. It's just like, you know, oh, I had a horrible week this week and, you know, from from the front Sunday morning. But but I think what you're talking about is is a culture of grace that for me, we, we kind of did this little thing. We were just trying to make the overt point. We said there's some house rules in our church. Here's the first two. Number one, be real. And, I, and we said that because number one, we're all broken before God. So the fact that we all have aspects of our life are brokenness. So what I try to do is say, you know, what is the area of your life where you have resolved, promised, resoluted yourself 50 times that you were going to change it? It could be, you know, you out there with an eating disorder. It could be out, you out there with a critical tongue. It could be you be out there looking at porn. It could be out there you out there with bitterness that just keeps rising to the surface. What is the the unmanageability of your life where you need the grace of God? That's the common ingredient of our lives. Let's not peg these at different moral levels, whether it's the man who struggles with porn or the lady that struggles with the fact that she's desperately unhappy in her marriage and constantly fantasizes about being married to somebody else. Whatever it is, be real. We're all broken before God. The second one was be merciful because forgiven people are merciful people. See, I think in the church, there's such, there's, you know, the, the oil light is on in so many of our churches, you know, in our car dash when it says you need more oil. And the reality is most of us just need to realize we are desperately forgiven people. And uh, if we realize our brokenness, if we engage with the, 
forgiveness of God, we can become merciful people. And then, you know, how do we reach out? It's okay then to reach out. If you're struggling, you know, with an eating disorder, if you're, you know, here's one, if you're a woman struggling with porn, you think it's hard for a guy struggling with porn? Can you, the stats are growing every year. Christian women struggling with porn. You look at that, you know, you you look at any one of, of so many different areas, right? How many people have been sexually abused as a child and yet that is just something they've never been able to share. That's their their big impediment to growing in freedom and life and joy, right? So for me, it's, it's the culture of grace. But the culture of grace, I think, as soon as we move away from our common brokenness without God, I think we're just playing performance games. And that, that really stinks to me. I, I don't want to be anywhere near that because it doesn't bring me life. And I feel like I have to put on an act that I've got it all together. You know, everyone's happy and isn't Jesus wonderful. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So some pastors struggle because they say like, Hey, I'm, I'm in my ministry. I'm bearing fruit. I'm seeing there's baptisms. People are getting saved. There's people, there's miracles. People are growing in their faith, growing their salvation, all this stuff. I'm stuck in porn, but you know what? Like the Lord is working through me. And so yeah. there's a lack of urgency or lack of desperation to get free. Right. Can you speak to that from your experience or even the, just the other pastors that you've worked through over the years? Why should they get desperate and urgent about getting porn out of their life? Well, you're right. The crazy thing is God can still use you. We all know all sorts of amazing examples of people with successful ministries. And, and then you, you, know, you scratch and sniff and you realize what was going on behind the surface. This is what I say. You know, I say three quarters of the guys out there need to have some sort of outward consequence like if you actually figure out what causes men, whether they're pastors or not, to truly want to change, it's it's having an external, con- ha- you know, their wives finding them, their boss finding them, you know, having some consequence visited on their life. That's painful. But one out of four, and this was more of my story, was the heavy, merciful, loving hand of God on my life that just led me from a place of being in a pit to being in a wide open space. It it became this internal pressure. I just couldn't live the lie anymore. And my life in one sense, God in his mercy allowed my life to begin to fall apart. But I just pray that that you're one of those pastors that can walk out of this on your terms, if you understand what I mean by that, your terms with God and your terms as God leads you out and you respond to his grace and his mercy and his invitation. I got two buddies right now that uh, waited until they had to respond on somebody else's terms. And it's not pretty. One sitting in jail and one maybe going to jail. And I mean, that's an extreme situation, but jail could just mean having to move back with your parents and living in the basement suite jail could mean losing the respect of your, of your children. You know, I'd rather have you respond to God's kindness. God's kindness leads us to repentance. And I just say, brother and sister, if you're pastoring and leading, respond to God's kindness, reach out, find a safe place. You know, if, if you don't have a safe place, reach out to Brad or Matt, reach out to myself and just say, Hey, I, I mean, I got one guy, he just says this. He says, I don't even know if I want to be free of porn. I don't even know it, to be honest. But I know this. I want to want to be free from porn. Yeah. And I said, dude, that's a great start. Let's start with that. 
because I understand the fact, you know, porn is such a big part. I don't even, I, I loved porn. I loved what it did for me and what it did to me. So there's a part of me that says, well, you just got to hate it or you just got to want it. I, I couldn't get there. Uh, you know, I knew enough to know, God, I need you to help me, as, you know, to, to want to take that first step. Hmm. And you've, you've experienced like what you're talking about, getting that help, getting that realization in your own life. But even moving forward, there's this period of life where you're dealing with addiction. And there's that period where you're moving beyond that, but you're still healing. Mm-hmm. As for us that are in ministry or even not even ministry, just regular life, how do we make sure that we have health in the inner life? The insulate our lives moving forward because we're still growing, we're still healing, we're still learning, right? Even when we move past porn, what does it look like in our lives to maintain and grow so that we have healing so that we don't fall back into those old patterns? Like what are some things that you've seen and what were some things that you'd coach people to to really push into? Well, I love that, Brad, because if if all we were trying to do was stop porn, I mean, that's a pretty miserable goal in life. I just don't want to look at porn. You know, I keep saying we want to walk away from porn and walk towards the life and relationships we've always dreamed of and desired, right? And that's that's what we want, right? We want to live life full of joy. And I just say to people, if you think you're going to get to a place where you're not having to engage with men regularly, if like for me, this was a 50-year struggle. I'm never going to be at a point where I can say, I got this now. I got this now. Every week I'm, I'm, I'm meeting with guys, I'm confessing my temptations, not just my actions, but now I'm confessing, man, I, I, I had this thought this week. I, I'm people that I, I've developed the ability to be honest with people like never before. So that's the big one, honesty. Humility, of course, is, is behind that. I, I move past image management. And then, you know, so it's it's those areas. And then it's beginning to say, how can I help people who are not as far as me. That helps cement my recovery as well. I, I've been doing this, this new exercise, guys. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a, my version of practicing the presence of God. But uh, I've been learning a lot about joy recently and uh, some of the brain science stuff. And here's what I'm trying to put this to, into work. Every time I do a new activity like this podcast, when I'm done here, I'm going to go read a book. Every event I invite God into, say, God, right now, I'm just inviting you into this new activity. I should have done that yesterday when I watched the football game, rats. But (laughs) but, uh, every time, like, I want you right here with me right now. And that would go to, you know, I'm feeling tempted right now. I'm inviting you into this place, this, this fractious, this unsettled, this disconnected place that wants porn. I'm inviting you into it. And uh, I had I was out for my walk, and another buddy of mine called up, and he was struggling with a temptation, and he called me up, and he had learned to reach out. So those little spiritual activities, right? What does it say in James? Confess your faults, confess your failures, confess your foibles one to another. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. You will never, if, if you know, you never will get beyond that. And 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 actually, guys, I would say. If addictions has been anything to me, looking back, they have been a gift in this way. Porn has been a gift to me in this way. It brought me to my knees and my ability to reach out to others in an honest and uh, authentic way that never would have been possible if I had not uh, been brought to the brink of utter ruin, so to speak, in the words of Proverbs. Love it. Is there anything else you want to touch on? 
No, that's good. I just I just really want to encourage guys, reach out, find some supportive environments. You know, one environment might work, another one might work. Um, podcasts for me are really important. You know, I love you guys' podcast. I've, I think I've listened to three quarters of them now. This is why it's important. Every morning I get up and I don't know, do I want to be porn free today? And I'm not so sure every every morning. So I get up, I put my podcast on, get my walking shoes on. And by the time I'm done my walk, I kind of, okay, I, I kind of dialed in. Okay, I want to be porn free today. I want to please God today. But I got to do that like almost every day. Not a, you know, it's not quite as life and death as it was in, in the early years. Yeah. But uh, I just encourage guys, you know, check out the podcast, get into a relationship, do not isolate, do not believe in the myth of yourself, of myself. It won't take you anywhere. Such good stuff, Vern. We we so appreciate you coming on and sharing. I love that you're you're saying in the last few months you're just inviting inviting God into everything, and that's something that we've been preaching lots and teaching our guys in the Pure Freedom Journey, talking about it on the podcast, and even even I think on last week's webinar we talked about it. Just when you get tempted, when you get this sexual temptation, don't just fight to resist it with everything. Before it says to resist the devil, it says to submit to God. And his right. way is to invite him into everything. He wants to be in everything. He wants to be in every part of your life. And I've just found in my own life, and I know other people who who've, who they've practiced this as well, it sounds like for you as well, Vern, that when you try to resist temptation, it's just such a battle. It's a grind. You could be you know, flailing side to side in your bed for two hours trying to not to masturbate. But when you just invite the Lord into that and go, man, I'm just going to glorify you. Just come hang out with me in this moment. The temptation just kind of just dissipates. It just goes away. And you just you just rest in the arms of the Lord. And it's just so powerful. And that's everything is we just want to we just want people to be close with the Lord, to be intimate with the Lord and understand that there's so much for you. And so we love, Vern, that you've had a great ministry and we love that there's so much more great ministry for you ahead. And now you've got this freedom in your life and so much wisdom that that you've experienced over the few over the years of ministry that now you can take forward into your new ministry with Band of Brothers, impacting pastors, guys, girls, getting free from porn. So thanks so much for hanging out. This has been fantastic. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Braden. It's great to be on. You bet. So share this episode. Check out the show notes on the website. There's always notes. And if you want to leave a review, that would be awesome. Thanks for hanging out, guys. We'll chat next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.